0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Arcade Nostalgia Memories podcast. Uh, We actually have a new sponsor here, uh, and I'm the only one, apparently, that's hosting this podcast today because OBS is a fucking pile of shit, and (sighs) I already got more, uh, it wouldn't be a stream if there weren't problems. Let me see here, I got a... Fix this thing and then fix this thing over here and then fix this thing over here. Holy shit, there's a bunch of people here. And um We're all old. That's that's the that's the one of these things isn't like the other. Um yeah. We're we're all old as shit, so here we are. uh, We might as well discuss old as shit games, you know. Anyway, uh, welcome. So let me uh, let me uh, first do this here. We've got a new sponsor here on the EBC channel. It is Squidge, also known as LL McRae, and uh, she would like you to go check out a uh, the link is right there in the chat. A, a place called Tiggy Winkles which is hilarious as a name and i love that they named it that but it's actually a very serious cause it is a local wildlife hospital in the united kingdom and it is the largest most advanced and busiest free wildlife hospital in the world uh so if you just go to that website you can check it out um they they treat well over now twelve thousand animals every single year animals are brought to this hospital from uh, all parts of europe and if you uh get a chance check it out there uh and squidge would really appreciate you checking out the website if you are so inclined maybe make a small donation donation, but they they also have on their website there several ways uh, that are not necessarily monetary that you can help out their organization if you are so inclined. So check that out and we'd appreciate you. Um, so this is uh, episode five of the uh, Nostalgia Memories podcast, also named Arcade. And uh, unfortunately, Legion Cage was uh, a huge asshole, and he he decided to he decided to go to the Capitol Building in D.C. And uh, he took uh, like this giant truck full of waffles, and then he 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 took like you know one of those uh, Nerf style guns, and was firing waffles at all the Congress people. So Cage is in jail this evening, and unfortunately we're not going to be able to have him as a co-host. So I I'm I'm just going to have his icon there as my co-host for this evening, and it's just as good. Honestly, the icon is just as uh, valuable as as Cage himself. So uh but in the meantime uh we've got the beautiful doomster himself, the lovely Angledoom, doom uh joining us and uh uh one of his uh favorite people on the planet because it's sure as hell not me uh mad tinkerer is also uh, joining us with the uh, with the uh, i mean man Tinker with that beard you you could probably like sweep up all of the trash uh in the entire country and just like. <laughs> what yeah and and then of course maleggio who he's he's kind of like reduced the intensity and the speed of the uh zydeco disco lighting behind him but he normally has that at a much higher pace so that he can cause epileptic seizures um yeah <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Murders. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back even further and say uh, 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 Andy Griffith. Okay, we'll 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 all start whistling. Yeah. You can't hear the guest. Holy fucking shit! All of this time, you people have just been talking, and nobody can hear you. Yeah. Exactly. Can can you hear them now? You still can't hear them. What the fuck? Goddamn OBS. Uh, OBS updated and actually that was my choice. It asked me, you know, do you want to update and I'm like, yeah, I knew an update was coming. And uh, I said yes, and the, apparently it said fuck you. How about now? You you, <laughs> you guys talk. Can you hear Doom laughing his ass off?
1: Blah, 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 <laughs> blah,
2: blah, blah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> What about now? Can Hello? you hear me
4: now? Yay! Hey! Okay, that works. <laughs> Huzzah! <laughs> Sweet,
0: we got there.
4: Can you hear me now? What?
0: Ben Loves Bowser? <laughs> Who would have thunk it?
2: Did you hear ben? that? Ben Loves Bowser. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck <laughs> I just
3: want to make sure people can understand us and hear what's going on with the eyes. <laughs> off. Yeah.
0: Anyway, uh, okay, there we go. I guess it's sorted now, and if it isn't, I, I don't care. You're not going to be able to hear them uh, for the rest of the stream because, yeah uh i like the sound of my own voice so that's all you're gonna get uh raven swing (laughs) welcome thank you for joining us i appreciate you uh and and of course we got the gaming avengers there for some reason i don't know he just stumbles in here drunk spreading mischief and mischief yeah we love ben And uh, we had a uh, big style Scotty come in. Anybody else uh, in the live chat, thank you for joining us. If you're listening on the audio version of the podcast, um, you can go and check out when we do these live recordings and have all of our technical issues. That l- honestly, the technical issues are the best part of the streams. So yeah, you can... Uh, usually, oh, and yeah. thank you for the uh, clip there, Mr. Swan of the Tuba Variety. <laughs> yeah. um, so... Uh, yeah just go check us out we're on <laughs> twitch uh twitch.tv slash EBC 2021 and at, at times you you may be amused enough that you do not fall into a coma and uh we, we might be able to help you out with that so yeah how are you guys doing are you still alive
1: oh yeah wow oh, oh, okay hey. what oh right. what? speak <laughs> up sonny we can't hear you anymore <laughs> <laughs> Back is in my
0: from, day. The, Boy, we time for our
3: game of bocce ball?
0: I'm... <laughs> Pepperidge Farm, Pick remembers. All right. Uh, so yeah, that's essentially what I did. I said to my because we did a horror roundtable back in October, and we invited a bunch of people to play horror games. And I I, I want I said to myself I want to do a retro roundtable. Who should I uh, invite? Uh, only all of the oldest people in our community that I know,
2: <laughs> because
0: you know, not only are those going to be the people that actually know these games and played these games, but uh, they they uh they had to record themselves back in the day playing it because they don't actually remember playing it and then they play back that video so they remember what no okay uh anyway no actually uh doom especially i know uh takes great delight in streaming on his channel a lot of those old retro games he's got his uh emulator to uh, you know, basically put in uh, all of the arcade games. We we just got him a uh, new Double Tank arcade stick from X oh, arcade for Christmas, and he already broke it's,
1: it. Uh, and it. It's so cherry, though. I mean, it's amazing <laughs> what it can do. It's just I think it's a software thing. I just need to update my uh, my MAME because I'm still using yeah. like MAME 32. If I can update it to MAME 64, I think it'll be fine
0: yeah and if all else fails it's heavy enough that you can beat somebody over the head with it and
2: be successful you already
3: maimed the controller yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) i take care of my ass stuff my other ones are like 10 11 years old
3: (laughs) i spilled the whole thing of mountain dew on it but it's probably a technical (laughs) issue
0: See, i thought that was a whole kind of yeah, I mean, stick that was going a, on with that it, it was it was live wire it was supposed to make the electricity run faster you know uh big style scotty in our live chat asks who is the oldest and the answer is cage without a doubt he is like literally double the age of all of us that's why he is not here he is now deceased in the dc jail um so (laughs) yeah
3: he's it's still light outside on the east coast and he's a vampire so he's in the coffin (laughs) right now yeah
0: so uh, (laughs) uh we have a lot of fun but but the point being that uh we have all been playing games for several centuries we we know the old old stuff back before there was stuff Uh, so, uh, obviously, if we're, if we're gonna go way back, we're gonna go way back, back in the time, uh, we're, we're gonna start with things like, um, Atari, and the, not only the home consoles that were first available in the late 70s, but the, the then, uh, almost instant explosion of... Of the arcade games that came about because they said to ourselves, they said to themselves, Well, if we're not going to be able to uh, have people buy home consoles because they cost too much right off the bat, then we might as well put all of these games with nice big flashy cabinets in one place and have kids go there and pump (laughs) as many quarters as they have into these things and so that quickly became a thing uh the arcades and Doom was one of those people that was completely fleeced by the arcade games Totally. And,
1: uh, he and no, no. Actually, it's
0: quite the opposite. He got to the point where he could uh, beat every single arcade game that was ever invented with one quarter,
1: and uh, well, at least one.
0: At least. <laughs> yeah, and he started with the uh, Black Dragon or uh, Black Tiger. So mm-hmm. uh, let's let's real quickly watch the. This looks like a, a fan made trailer that I found on YouTube, and we'll. Uh, take a look here. i got to start it over here. Yeah. There we go. And uh, this was included. Uh, Capcom did uh, like a revamp uh, update where they put out an arcade classics of, I think it was 30, of, of the, the great arcade classics that were made by Capcom back in the day. And you could play that, I think, on Xbox 360, PS3, Something like that when it came out. Yep. So, Doom, this was, uh, you know, 600%. way...
3: Then Capcom was big on Nintendo. Why would it
4: not be on those systems? I know I...
0: <laughs> so, so, this uh, way back in the day, several several uh, decades ago, we, we this was the very first episode of Arcade, and uh, Doom was our very first guest presenting Black Tiger. So, why don't you give us a, a brief description of what the game is and and how it's played and all
1: that. Uh, you are a hero who is a quest with destroyed the three dragons and have taken over the kingdom. Um, it is a, it's like a side-scroller RPG, I would, I would consider it to be. Um, okay. it, it reminded me so much of Simon's Quest in Castlevania, and I love those games so much. Um, so I, I, I just really enjoyed this game and really connected to it. And I just kept playing it and kept playing it because uh, it was in my local bowling alley for like the first six months of a year. And then my dad also owned a local bar um, in my hometown and got it for the other six months. So I literally played this game for a solid year until I could basically beat it with a quarter. Yeah. And it just became obviously my favorite because I like at that point, it was like, who beats <clears throat> arcade games? <laughs> Especially with just a quarter and for the fact that i could just get away for like an hour or so and just, you know, play a game and not have to worry about it. <clears throat> it's great. It's a wonderful
0: game. Well, and 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 i know you talked previously about how like that that was a great escape for you. And and it it seemed like you were able to break the mold by not necessarily spending so much money and time but just getting good enough to get past that point at which they had designed these games to be quarter eaters where you can't get past (laughs) a certain area without going ahead and putting in another quarter to continue and you got good enough to get to that point where you could beat the game in one quarter and get a good 30 or 40 minutes worth of gameplay Mm -hmm. out of it You know,
1: it was fantastic, and I just love the fact of it. Like you being able to find the shop guys to buy armor if you had enough cash. You know, you could take enough hits of what's going on, and um, playing it for as long as I have. You know, uh, I only knew of only like one one up, and as of like the last few years that I've been streaming, I've gotten to find like three or four different other like (laughs) hidden objects within the game, which is really fantastic. Yeah. and just even meeting like um, other people who uh, who love the game
0: and enjoy the game as well. yeah um, so uh, how how often would you say you play Black Tiger now or black dragon? what 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 is your repertoire overall with that in the last several years?
1: Oh, man, I'd say I I play it quite often, you know. It's it's that game I always go back to. Like, no matter if I'm streaming or playing whatever kind of game, I'm always going to go back to this game and just give it the love that it needs. Either if I'm trying to, you know, advance in my speed run or get a better, higher score and it. It's it's a game that's familiar, and and I love playing it. So I would say I play it quite a bit, especially in those last few
0: years.
2: Mm. Uh, This
1: game is probably what drove me to want to like stream and stream this actual game.
0: Yeah. And, uh, do you remember how long ago it was maybe that you were then set up with emulation to revisit it in adulthood?
1: Um, I would say somewhere close to where my son was born. So I would say around 2013, 2014. Okay. I had, uh, Quite an impressive emulator because I think it was around 2011 I got the double joystick and I started looking into MAME and uh, um, just playing arcade games that I really enjoyed in time. You know, I had aspirations before streaming of just uh, building an arcade cabinet for home. So that way I could always revisit just having fun playing arcade games.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that, that, that I think is an, a, a pretty, honorable goal for somebody that spent a lot of time in arcades back in the in the mm-hmm. 70s 80s and into today because I mean they're still there we we just met up back about uh what was it uh a year and a half ago or almost a year and a half ago at uh oh yeah a fantastic place in Columbus Ohio called level one barcade or bar bar and arcade and you know they they've got a lot of the the retro cabinets there and mm-hmm. and a massive pinball collection <clears throat> and it's such fun right. to do that the, and they in my opinion from what I've seen it seems like they're becoming more and more popular you know you you're, you're seeing these barcades pop up because now they're catering to the people that are in adulthood mm-hmm. and want to go out and have that kind of entertainment
1: Yeah, totally. And uh, the the particular place that you're talking of now is completely streamer friendly, like they have setups there for pinball streaming. Um, They were very friendly to us, even knowing that we were streamers, you know, and they have like a little bucket in there where they'll preview people like up on their screens and whatnot if they're not currently doing anything. They host quite a few tournaments as well, uh, fighting games that I've never heard of. They were doing just the other day. uh, They were streaming, was it Ninja Turtles versus Justice League? I'm like, I've never even heard of that fighting (laughs) game. But yeah, there were people coming in, bringing their own joysticks while they were sitting there, like streaming the whole tournament. You know, it was awesome. Like, level one bar was an amazing place to be, especially for being like a retro arcade place and then just being streamer friendly as well
0: yeah they're they're actually live right now i'm gonna share a mm-hmm. link in our live chat they're doing the 2022 ifpa women's state championship what is uh ifpa
2: oh it's I a pin no it's idea. a pinball game <laughs>
0: they they do um uh oh, come on why is this not doing this here copy and pace there we go um they uh they regularly do at least once a week a a championship that they stream live on twitch and that and for anybody listening to the uh, audio version of the podcast that's twitch.tv slash level one bar all spelled out uh no spaces and uh they they regularly do uh championships on both pinball and arcade games uh so you know, you might uh, take a look at what they have there in the way of arcade games and go, hey, this is, you know, this is a game I was really good at as a kid or something. And you want to go down there and compete in one of their championships and they live stream it on Twitch. And uh, we were all very impressed with the setup there and and how nice of a place it was. And they were very accommodating for our group and all that. So I did want to give them a shout out and uh, you can check that out. They, They didn't have a, cabinet of black tiger there though did they
1: no no they didn't but they Mm -hmm. had a lot of fantastic ones there they had joust and tron and
0: Mm
4: -hmm.
1: uh donkey kong a good copy of tapper which is always a good time
4: (laughs) i remember (laughs) i play rob at some
1: tetris
3: so oh yeah yeah yeah, some classic (laughs) tetris Man, I would have been on that Joust machine. That was my game when I was a little kid. So, yeah, I Yeah, love
1: playing some Joust. You
0: know. Well, and and my <laughs> game, or at least one of my games, was Donkey Kong Junior. And I mm-hmm. was very surprised to see. It's pretty rare to see a Donkey Kong Junior cabinet. And and it was uh, the ones that they had. It's a smaller cabinet, like kind of a two-thirds size of a normal cabinet. And mm-hmm. and to see that sitting there now, uh, as we we. At least us have probably seen the arcade version is usually a lot more difficult than like uh, any version they came up with for home console. Uh, because it was designed often for you know quarter eating or whatever else, and I went and I played that Donkey Kong Jr. and it was man I you know dead within ten seconds because because I wasn't yeah. used to it and it's actually well even though it's the same model and format and all that it was a very different gameplay experience so mm-hmm. uh, I like
3: Jr. a lot better than the original I thought it was a better game yeah that agreed
0: yeah. yeah. Yeah, but but you know I I really got a lot of personal enjoyment out of there that sitting there at that arcade machine playing my favorite game in a different version than I actually grew up with, or one of my favorite games actually.
4: So yeah, yeah sixteen it was... bit down in uh, downtown Columbus, they had a cabinet of it. Yeah, and I dumped it. It was easily like two bucks worth before I even would getting warmed up yeah and i looked down at the six dollar craft pint in my hand going okay yeah you're worth it
0: <laughs> yeah so it was really it was really cool um you know to check places like that out 16 bit is the one in our area now they've joined i think with a a bigger national company And uh, here in Cleveland, they had a smaller location in Lakewood. And then they moved it into the downtown Cleveland area on West 25th. And they combined with um, uh, whatever this larger national company is, they also do duck pin bowling. Uh, oh, yeah. and okay. you know other things like that shuffleboard and that so they they've got like a side-by-side spot where the one half is duck duckpin bowling and then the other half is the actual arcade um, nice. Yeah. so yeah we've seen the rise of uh, you know quite a few of these places that uh cater to the entertainment of folks like us that grew up with this stuff uh, you know as entertainment as kids. Uh, so let's let's do uh, one of uh, Doom's other uh, games here. We didn't actually uh, find for the uh, original arcade uh, uh, Ghouls and Ghosts?
1: Ghosts and, Goblins. Ghosts
0: and Goblins. So this is Super Ghouls and Ghosts, which is also in the series here. Uh, you can get an idea of what the gameplay was like. This is uh, fairly close. And I don't think the uh, the sprite for the guy kind of changed. Every time he jumps, he kicks his one foot out way in front of him like he's a dancer, you know. Well, I heard he this. even raids. He raids. Oh, yeah. He <laughs> yeah, he
1: does. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. He looks so great. Yeah. <laughs> But no, I love love this whole series from the arcade game, which was like one of the first arcade games I really kind of just fell in love with to, to when I actually played the NES version of Ghost and Goblins, you know, so I wouldn't have to spend so much money <laughs> trying to get through this game because in my mind's eye it was like a great um, it was like a great representation of what the arcade was. It was the arcade version in my mind's eye when I was playing it at the time. Um, I never got to play a lot of Ghouls and Ghosts, uh, but when I got my Super Nintendo, when uh, I started renting uh, Super Ghouls and Ghosts because you have the double jump and now you've got the updated armor. And, yeah. Uh, I love, love this game, still love this game uh, to pieces. So uh, as much as I do love this series, this is my favorite out of the series is uh, Super Ghouls and Ghosts.
0: Yeah. And, and, but and they my- all... There are really good games, but uh, I let me touch on I, uh, one of the aspects of the game that I really love, not having played any of them yet, is <laughs> the fact that it shows you right at the beginning this map and shows you <laughs> how far you have to get. So you've got a concept of what is ahead of you, and it then, then you get into the actual gameplay and, and see just how difficult it is. And then you do that thing where you have to, you know, play it over and over and over again until you get good at that one spot, then you're moving on mm-hmm. to the next one. Um, so, so what were, you know, like some of your gameplay experiences with that over the years?
1: Well, exactly that, you know, I never, I've, I don't think I ever owned this title. I always had to rent it. So I rented it often. I I blew a lot of allowance money for definitely keeping this over for the weekend or whatnot, you Mm -hmm. know, and I would have friends who we would stay up all night past the controller trying to get to a certain part until we finally got past it.
2: That's Um, not
3: all they passed around. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's (laughs) a (laughs) fact.
2: Whoa
1: cheese <laughs> about lost it there um <laughs>
0: can't take you anywhere
1: i know you, you right cut off uh, <laughs> um but yeah and then of course through um uh, playing older games again you know since uh, streaming and whatnot you know i revisited and played the um i think it was the game boy Advance version of this mm-hmm. and got through the the very first part of it you know, because there's an actual save feature on that version of it. Um, and got to the end and beat it to the first playthrough. Now to actually get a complete run of Super Ghouls and Ghosts, like any Ghosts and Goblins, you have to beat it twice. And then the second time around, you have to beat it specifically. So for Super Ghouls and Ghosts, you have to get to Lucifer at the end with the upgraded armor and the special weapon. Other than that, then you just got to do it all over again <laughs> until you do it right.
0: Yeah, well, and that that seems to be you know the the overarching theme on a lot of retro games is that you just do it all over again, and then you do it again, and then you do it again. I I was actually highly pissed to find out not too recently ago uh, that in Super Mario One, when you die, you can press I think it's select and A or something like that, and it starts you. Back just before you know where you left off, the level. Mm-hmm. I didn't
4: know that. Uh, up and kid. start up more and, than likely. Is it, yeah.
1: is it up and start?
4: Yeah. I, on a lot of the old retro games, that did something special on the second controller.
0: Yeah, I so, had I I had no idea, and it yeah. pisses me off that right <laughs> all of those years I was trying <laughs> to beat it from the beginning. With just starting with three lives, you know, and I never, never got uh, like I remember Doom. You talking about how you never got uh, really good at the higher levels of Black Tiger because mm-hmm. of that. It was, it was mostly just <clears throat> the probably the last two levels. You just you know kind of skirted by and and got got the game finished finally because mm-hmm. you never spent that kind of time on the higher levels like you did the lower levels and all of those games uh, were pretty much like that.
1: It's like, I've gotten this far. I've got no time to explore. Let's just find the end.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Or, or holy shit. I've actually gotten this far. I might actually beat this today. You know? Oh,
1: the first time that they happened it was just mind-blowing it's just like i think i just took back i don't think anybody was even at the bowling alley at that time it was probably me and then the guy behind the counter and stuff like i'm just like oh, oh. you know yeah. they're just like are you Lyle okay? got like, to see
4: you do it <laughs>
1: yeah it's like i beat this and they're like okay we'll just keep it
0: down <laughs> like, okay that's nice kid. Yeah. um yeah yeah, I that, that that's I I think at least one of the the biggest parts of <laughs> retro gaming is how much time you really spend doing it over and over again and and memorizing essentially the levels to the point where you can you know know it like the back of your hand, get all your button pushes and and everything in order and the timing right and everything to continue advancing. Um So it's just interesting how you know that was such a big part of retro gaming and it's not so much now but you know there's there's still a little bit of that in modern gaming but uh interesting how it's kind of like evolved over the years all right uh so let's do uh your third game now which is uh street fighter 2 uh we found a a turbo Uh HD remix trailer, so this might not be the exact thing, but it really looks pretty.
3: Ooh, last <laughs> of us, huh? Yeah. It still looks great. Apparently it is really good.
1: No, spent another machine that took a lot of quarters from me. And then, and then the, uh, the the Super Nintendo, when it first came out for it, it's like, when I got my Super Nintendo, I got this game. It was like the first game I got for my Super Nintendo. Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. <laughs> it love love Street Fighter. I never really felt competitive until I played this in the arcade and then started getting good at it. <laughs> like I said, I was probably a pretty solid mid, But I was pretty proud
4: of my skills at this in the arcade. Yeah, for our local group, just you know, amongst us, like it it was always Mikey at the top. Our friend Lord Majubi, they would (laughs) they would deck it out like they. If we did a bracket, it was those two at the top
2: for (laughs) sure.
0: Yeah. Now, now, me personally, my uh, minimal. experiences with the uh uh arcade games because I I you know we had a a one that was kind of local but I had to walk up there and it was a good mile away and uh never really had the quarters to feed in there so uh I didn't have a lot of experience with arcade in the first place but I I really never got into the fighting games at all the one exception to that was X-Men, you know, that four mm. player X-Men, which uh
4: it was cooperative. It wasn't yeah. competitive.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But yep. see, I didn't ever have anybody actually playing with me. It was just me. Right. Mm. So one, that was definitely a quarter eater. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. With yeah. one player.
4: Oh, oh, man. Yeah.
0: I don't. Or Simpsons yeah. th- was the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm i i really did not get far but i wanted to get far in that game and and the thing that really held me back aside from not, never really having enough quarters for that was my mom telling me you know because the, this uh uh x-men was at the roller wink rink we would go to and my mom would tell me uh we're here to skate we're not here to play games <laughs> so so it was kind of like sneaking to go play that game when she wasn't watching and uh never having enough quarters to really get far in it so um wow. let me ask you this doom uh how how often now do you feel that you want to or or actually do revisit any of the street fighter games or any uh, any of those other uh, type fighting games
1: Oh, every so often. It's it's fun to go back and just for nostalgic reasons and whatnot, you know, because most of the characters are still the same, even with most like updated moves or updated games and whatnot, you know, uh, um, an uppercut is an uppercut, still a fireball is still a fireball. I always have a lot of fun playing it with other people and whatnot. Um, Rob from the CR game room is up. A- beast at this game i used yeah. to think of myself pretty fancy, like pretty good at this but there was a couple of times me and him would queue up on steam and play some street fighter and yeah i have to hand it to him he, yeah
3: he's a beast <laughs> up a duke in your soul
1: huh no oh, no with ken he is the uh he is an animal there's no way i'm even getting anything through if he's playing ken very very good player <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, and uh, well, and and from my perspective, the only thing that I really like about it is uh, Chun Li's thighs. Uh, you know, the thighs that can rip your head off. But uh, yeah,
3: she's like that villain from GoldenEye. You remember, you remember the movie? That was like her strength was she had thighs that could break you in half. Thighs of steel
1: fantastic (laughs) yeah
2: that that sounds like a great way to go
1: i mean if you gotta go yeah i could think of worse ways
3: Hmm. i mean you could be sad on by zangief here that's a way worse
1: (laughs) slapped to death by e honda
0: All right. Um, so those are Doom's games. Uh, we're we're gonna take a quick commercial break here, and then come back for. Uh tinkerer's games uh he's got a slightly different different experience but uh i i want to say if there's anybody here in the live chat watching if you want to ask any questions of our our guys here on the panel by all means put it in the chat highlight it for me because i'm blind as a bat because i'm old as fuck and uh i would appreciate <laughs> that we'll we'll ask it and uh we'll go along um uh, but, yeah, if uh, it, that or any of your other experiences, like I saw people putting in the chat that they had you know, in television and Odyssey mm. two going way back in the day, I had an Odyssey two uh, that was my first home console, and uh, <laughs> shut the fuck up um <laughs> The reason I am blind, um no, uh the um. I, I'm trying to think. I know I had an Odyssey Two and an Atari Twenty Six Hundred back in the day, but then my main console was the NES, and uh, and then after that, uh, our grandmother bought us a uh, an N Sixty Four. So that that's pretty much the end of my gaming experience as far as that goes. You know, uh, with home consoles and that. But yeah, put your experiences in the chat, and we'll uh, we'll uh, uh, chat. Uh, you know, talk it up and. Uh, and uh any questions that you have but in the meantime we're going to take a short commercial break and we'll be right back after this message message from our sponsors all right welcome back um whatever twitch was trying to sell you don't buy a damn thing it's not uh, (laughs) Nope. nope nope nope
3: nope and i already put in my credit card (laughs) i know
0: (laughs) i know i'm late (laughs) okay uh so uh mr mad tinkerer um yes. who is he's he's very mad and he's a uh, very tinkerer and uh we appreciate you so much how how are you doing this
4: evening man doing well thank you very much appreciate you inviting me here yeah I've been looking forward to it for since you invited me I guess yeah so.
0: <laughs> um and I, I, you know in doing these uh podcasts I you know wanna i want to give folks like you also a, a little bit of a wider platform you know use my channel to express what's important to you the things that you love about gaming and that and um you know i i'd like to encourage all of the people that are listening to go and check these people out on your own time especially if this is something that's interesting to you you know you're you also you know the the nostalgic aspect of retro especially You know you grew up with this sort of thing and you want to go back to it uh these are these are fine folks to do that with uh so before i forget tinker let me do uh if you if you would like to follow angle doom he's at twitch.tv slash angle i n g l e underscore d u e m and go check him out, and he will wow you with his Black Tiger skills
2: <laughs> and expertise.
0: <laughs> so. All right, uh, Tinkerer, you, uh, let's start with your uh, one of your favorites, or at least I know it's one of your favorites, um, and that is uh, Rygar. I've seen you play this uh, quite a few times, and uh, we, the, the best I could find, this is the ending of the actual NES game. And uh, it also seems to be like a side-scroller-type fight you know, as you you come across.
4: Uh, Yeah, it has a lot of an RPG aspect to it. Uh, This was Capcom's answer to Metroid. Okay. They wanted something where you had to go pick up the things and... You know right here we we see the ending you're bringing peace to the land yeah and um it was that you know uh a sword and sorcery answer to metroid sci-fi and uh it was uh, one of the things with this you know it was on the original NES. there's no codes for it there's no saving you can continue all day long that's not a problem but come the end of the night what do you do you haven't quite finished it you leave your nintendo on all night <laughs> on pause come back the next day and you pick it back up again and yeah this game it gave me all kinds of trouble as a kid trying to play it and now modern time watching someone do a playthrough of it and it's like ah oh, oh man <laughs> Uh, like easily under 45 minutes I I could get uh if I practiced I think I could probably get sub 30 minutes mm-hmm. on beating this and uh it's just a really fun one to speed run there's a couple of places in particular where it's a very consistent mechanic that you need to figure out like the very first boss that's one of the toughest things in the game if you can beat them the rest of it's nothing and um but it's also a super glitchy game yeah whereas uh there's two major glitches and you have to jump off the platform and get hit by the thing and blasted to the next screen at just the right time. (laughs) But it sends you into this totally glitched up world and you walk in and you walk across and you go in a door and you're at the last level. Yeah. It's just nuts. Well, um, no, yeah, like one of the last bosses and then one more glitch right after that and you're at the end. So
0: Right.
3: How do people find these glitches?
0: Yeah, right. Well, and I was just going to comment on that. You know, I watch uh, Mm Safdresh, who uh, holds, I think uh, the the count is right now at 62 world records on (laughs) speedrun.com. And I believe, if I'm not entirely mistaken, he's like number four or number three on at least a couple of the different categories of Castlevania Two, And... You know, that's his main game, Castlevania II. He's played it. But he actually, you know, in, not only enjoyed the game so much, but, you know, regularly plays it and wants to play it more, that he went and bought an original Famicom oh, and wow. the original yeah. cartridge to Castlevania two for Famicom that is... Uh, pretty much the same game, but there's there's some interesting differences to that, such as long loading screens, uh, some other things like that. and there are different glitches in that version that you can exploit. So he he also holds the worlds uh, uh, some of the records on exploiting those exact glitches that you can beat that game in like three minutes. because he's amazing
3: watching him do it because he has to enter glitch land and it's like this scary looking platforming section yeah where you're like how does he know where to jump and he lets you know if you jump in the wrong place it's gonna screw everything up and yeah it's crazy but it's cool to watch
0: and 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 i gotta you know that's that's why he's one of the best at what he does is the the precision it takes to exploit those glitches so perfectly that you actually then use that to turn around and beat the game in, uh, you know, a, a, an amount of time that otherwise wouldn't be possible. Uh, even yeah, as some, the- even something as simple as, like, uh, the floor drops that they exploit in, in the normal U.S. version, where, you know, whatever he does with, you know, bumping his head or jumping or going up and down stairs and then whipping twice and then he falls through the floor or falls through two levels, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and he, he's become, you know, such a pretty decent master at that, that, you know, he's, he's one of those people that is up there in the world to exploit that. So go ahead, Tinker. What were you saying?
4: Yeah. Well, with this one, there's a, a mechanic that you weren't intended to be able to do, but it's called air walking. And Mm -hmm. so if you squat, you won't fall. And so you Stand up and move and squat, it's, it, but you have to do it like, <laughs> and you have to work like there's two easier exploits. I still can't do them. I, I still have to play through the game as normal, but you walk, you air walk out just over the ledge and then you have to shoot your grappling hook up to go down into a pit that typically kills you and then you land in the ceiling and you ride the ceiling all the way across this whole other tough part of the game. Oh man. And that's so when you're talking speed running, you know, they have the the like totally glitched is you know the the five minutes or whatever. And then they have where you're allowed to do that one and another glitch get you in this next round. And yeah. It's I'm glad that they had the different differentiations on yeah. the categories on how you beat the game.
0: Yeah, because I mean, if you and that's why I'm I'm about to do my first speed run. I haven't really announced this yet, but I'm going to be doing a a revamp to my stream and my channel here. And that's going to be finished by the end of February. And then I'm going to do like a little bit of a relaunch and that on that day, I'm going to do my first speed run for Castlevania too there's only one category that i'm going to bother with and that is glitchless because i don't know any of the glitches i once was able to accidentally whip through the floor and i'm (laughs) not going to be able to recreate that so maybe that's something down the road but when i go to do my first speed run that's that's the category that's going to give me the best representation of where I actually fall in the world with my time. That's somewhere around an hour because everybody else in that category is doing glitchless,
4: you know? So it's really interesting. Like do uh, you can 100% this game in less than a half hour for that, you know, a a 100%, speed run mm-hmm. to, to qualify for that. Like the world record would be less than a half hour. So that's something that I enjoy about this game is I can get in, get it done, get some practice and yeah, move along. Have you submitted my... a, a time on this? No, yeah. nope. That's one of my intentions with my stream in the near future. I, I just, I still, I might do one more reconfiguration. Mm. Um, I, I'm, I'm thinking about it. But I have my NES over here. My problem is this is also a working shop. Yeah. And so I want to ensure, especially with a classic NES console, I don't want that anywhere close to any of the dust I might produce over here. So I'm trying to figure out a a safe containment. But, you know, doing speed runs uh, of that, I I need to get some solid ones done on stream. I want to do them, you know, live for you, hang out, and, you know. Have some fun.
0: Yeah. You got to get... Um, yeah, I mean, we're old enough. You know, like a little old lady, put a dust cover on it. Like you would your couch, you know. And <laughs> it
4: can't breathe. I don't want it to suffocate.
1: It's a practical duvet.
4: Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Poke some holes in it, and then dust gets in there. Ah! Oh. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, let's move on to your second game, which is uh, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. Here we've got a proper... Oh, commercial after the other commercial <laughs> that uh, don't buy shit! Uh, don't buy anything! uh no commercials. Here we go. I need to see what's <laughs> on the menu. Yeah.
3: <laughs> it's people. I already know. <laughs> it. <laughs> it's people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, uh, so, uh, where is this in the series? You got Zelda, the original Zelda, you got Zelda 2, which is clearly mm-hmm. the best Zelda game ever. And then, where is this one? This was the first one on Super Nintendo. Oh, okay. Because I do want so, to visit the Zelda series at some point, and I do remember seeing several people play this, but uh, I don't know when I'd actually get to it.
3: Well, this is technically the third Zelda game made. Nintendo's timeline for Zelda is enormous and convoluted yeah it's crazy different uh three different pathways or three different parallel universes that the game Uh, is called into Mm -hmm.
2: so this is this is
3: one of the first games in the series but not the first but it's the third game that came out it's ridiculous but
2: uh, (laughs) yeah
4: um yeah for, for me this came out you know as you can see ninety one ninety two yeah. uh I got this when it first came out when it first dropped. I don't uh I I don't remember that would I don't think that would place it as a launch title with the super NES. I don't know, but I had it soon after. And this is yeah you know, Doom and I and a bunch of others uh we had my parents' basement all set up as a, a hangout spot and you know we we played Street Fighter against each other down there, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Uh but when I when I had the place to myself in the evenings, I would come down, I would throw on some Led Zeppelin and play some uh Link to the Past. Hmm. And it was you know that you know, thinking about it for you know if, just for doing this podcast, it was like what what was it that was special about this? and this was one of the first games that i i actively spent my social time to play this game like the other i had other things i could have been doing but it's like no i'm playing me some zelda like all of the <laughs> other gaming up to this point it was to fill the time i was a country boy you know didn't have you know many you know friends Even, you know, in general, but past that, just ones within close range to go do anything with. And so a lot of my early video gaming was just taking up that time. But this was one that was like, no, like, I have a car now. I can go hang out with my buddies in town. Like, I can go do other things, but no, I I just want to play some Zelda. Right. And I got this. There was all but one room that i could not figure out how to get into otherwise this was like the first game i actively i am 100 percenting this yeah and uh there's still one room that i never got into so
3: have to, uh, like chris hoolahan room or something
4: i don't know I, like i haven't re-examined it in modern times. so i'll have to go back play this again and
3: right. They did put one secret room in the game to a person that won a contest in Nintendo Power. So there's a mm. secret room in the game devoted to that person. And I mm. haven't figured out how to get into it either without looking up spoilers.
4: It's like all my other maps are all filled in, but there's this, this one... It looks like a little balcony hanging out or something. It was just like, blah. <laughs> Ow
0: uh and there's a question on that particular aspect of it that i want to ask in a bit here but um uh, before that first of all uh so you played both zelda 1 and zelda 2 right yes Mm -hmm. did did playing those games before that inspire you to go ahead and get this and then once you saw it oh absolutely wanted to spend more time on it okay so so they were successful enough with the first two games to capture your interest for another
4: with the first one, <laughs> okay. The second one, I was successful, but it, it wasn't what I was looking for. Yeah, you know, because they changed it up to that side scroller, and it like there were part. It was okay. I enjoyed playing it, but it wasn't like I really enjoyed the first Legend of Zelda. And you know that y'all, you know that I need to get some speed runs down, but I can, you know, that one. Now in hindsight, can beat it under an hour and it, that's just blows my my at that time thirteen fourteen year old mind like yeah. <laughs> how can you beat this in under an hour
3: it blows and, my mind uh, today when people do with that game it's it's a much harder game than it looks like and it looks pretty hard. Zelda one that is and that's if you're not <laughs> even messing with the second quest which is insane
2: yeah
0: uh polar nights thank you very much for joining us uh that, that's that's a comment worth uh, including in the audio version uh polar Nights says i love this podcast it's the perfect evolution of beard growth <laughs> let's see uh who would be at the i i, I think i would be at the uh beginning with uh my my just uh scrabble that's about uh two weeks old now two or two and a half weeks old then we got mm-hmm. doom with the nice nice manicured goatee and uh <laughs> looking quite debonair then we've got malegio who uh looks like he he just got off of the desert island and immediately shaved everything but the goatee and and that's that's looking kind of sharp now and then we've got uh Tinkerer <laughs> who uh lives he tinkerer lives in the middle of nowhere and has not talked to another person in about 30 years
4: Uh, i
0: got my beans i got my coffee i'm a happy man there we go
3: literally just me before i got off the island look at this yeah exactly
0: exactly that's a before and after picture that's the same person there we go same smile Yeah, so very good. We, we definitely have the beard game going on here. So and and you're missing it if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast and not coming to check us out on Twitch. So what the hell is wrong with you there? You know. Yeah. Good late evening from Norway. Wow. Hello, all of our Norwegian fans across the pond. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Is it, uh,
3: is it twelve thirteen or one thirteen there right now? I'm guessing Ooh. one. 13? Yeah. Not certain.
0: Probably, uh, yeah, I'd I'd be guessing one. Yeah, there we go. 113, yeah, there you go. Very late night. Thank you, Polar Lights, for joining us. Yeah. Heck yeah. Appreciate you. Uh, If there's anybody else in the chat there, you know, if you've got any comments or questions uh, for uh, the relative experts, and when I say relative, I mean all of us are relatively grouped in about the same area as experts. There's people that are far more expert at this than we are so we have none of those people uh so relatively here we are the experts
4: Um, i'm a geek i am not a nerd when it comes to video games Uh, you know
0: what 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 are you saying about us
4: i'm not speaking for any of y'all i'm just saying that's where i fall on the spectrum of nerdiness and video games
0: anyone okay indiana jones on atari
4: Oh that was I, I, like for an Atari game that was that was a happening game. That was, was one a... thing with the uh, the 2600 that so many of them it was like block smaller block and lines and it's just how do you reconfigure <laughs> them yeah, but and... like indie actually had some some uh, yeah it had some teeth to it.
0: I I don't think I actually recall it's just been too long for me uh any of the games that I played on Atari and 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 the very fact that whatever happened at that point you know I probably switched over primarily to NES and Mm -hmm. at some point I know I got rid of all three consoles that I had there so I I just it's been too long since I've actually played anything Atari to remember the gameplay aspects of it video
1: pinball was my jam on the old Atari
0: yeah (laughs) But I mean, I do want to get back into it now that I own two of those, and we got to get them back in shape and see what's what, and and see if there's any of the games that I really do want
4: to. Um, and quite frankly, Breakout, they haven't made a better Breakout game since then. They've tried. You know, it, they've made several
0: yeah. million iterations of it, but they haven't necessarily made a better one. Yeah. Yeah. So. Alright, uh let's move on to uh Tinker's third game, and that is the original Tetris for Game Boy. If you uh if you haven't played this, uh boy, were you missing out, man. <laughs> man,
3: doing my taxes is like playing Tetris. I know. Don't uh, these these
0: people are so <laughs> Welcome to YouTube. Here, Bison.
4: Oh, that music. How many hours have I heard that music? (laughs) But the thing that I loved about this was (laughs) it was my first video gaming experience. Two player against someone locally where we each had our own screen, our own controls. We weren't trying to split screen anything. Uh, This had the A cable that would run between, Mm -hmm. you'd have to hook it between the two bricks. But, you know, (laughs) myself and, uh, you know, our buddy Lord Pajubi, in the back of his mom's car, going to the comic book store, (laughs) we would play so many games of this. And then uh, it was also uh, with my mom. Start when I was at school, she would bust in and start playing the Game Boy, and this was the game that that hooked her into video games. And she, you know, she's casual about it, but she still plays them, well, like the Candy Crushes and all that. She plays them daily, and uh, but this was the first one. It got so bad that we had to buy my mom her own Game Boy so she would leave mine alone. That was her Christmas <laughs> present one year. My god, yeah, that's, that's mad. not mad Tinkerer. <laughs> oh, that's no, hold on, I gotta switch over because man, he's much handsomer. <laughs> keep it, keep it, I'll take it.
0: <laughs> Let's see if I did this right. Hello, is everybody in there? Okay, yes, good. Now I just gotta uh, switch this stupid thing over here. What did that? <laughs> boom? Hello, Legion Cage. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> how are you? Okay, howdy. I'm okay. How about
5: y'all?
2: Not Sorry too bad. Not tardiness. too bad. Well, you, do. you
0: good. because you were late. I mean, I don't mind that you were late, but you're going to have to clean up the party room after everything is said and done here. So, and yeah. uh, <laughs> I got a I got a nice toothbrush for you to scrub the floor with. So, yeah,
1: I'm going to treat it, it, it like a Chuck E. Cheese ball pit
0: <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> with, with some pizza somewhere at the bottom. we don't know exactly where stuff's
1: at the bottom yeah
0: (laughs) anyway uh welcome cage uh we knew cage was going to be a little bit late today uh and he was so late that we found out he is pregnant he got pregnant in the dc jail with the waffle maker and um yeah so, uh, how you doing? Yeah, you missed that whole scenario. How you doing, man? <laughs> doing all right. Doing all right.
5: <laughs> Not well, waffles. Yeah, just uh <laughs> just got home a little bit ago. Went out for uh Modern Toy Fair's birthday earlier to Dave and Buster's.
0: Yeah. So. Happy birthday, Toy Fair! I know. I don't think he's here, but no,
5: he's a bum. Yeah. So. <laughs>
0: All right. Um, so before we do anything else, Tinker, was there anything else you wanted to say on Tetris? I I personally remember that like uh, our our my mom's family was actually pretty big in the gaming, especially the Game Boy and the NES. Um, and and I remember that we actually have a photo somewhere of my mom and my grandmother, who has since passed away, playing that those two game boys connected with the cable playing tetris and and yeah. that was you know that was a big part of our childhood and and yeah i have no doubt that that influenced both me and my brother to be as involved in gaming as we have been him more so than me <clears throat> and
4: uh yeah. it, it was just one of those games that it took very little instruction uh, you know, it's very simple in the mechanics of it, and almost anyone can play if they want to take the patience to sit down and work with it. Obviously, it gets intense if you stick with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, and just to that end, it was watch. you know, again, over at the game room with Rob is an insane Tetris player.
2: Mm -hmm. And it
4: was watching him play Tetris 99 is why I bought a switch. It was just that absolutely intrigued me where you're live playing against 98 other people around the world. Right. Instantaneously. And it's, what, 10 minutes at most and you're done and on to another game. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but the the gameplay for being such a simple game. Like it, uh, I don't believe on on this version you could store a brick, no. and yeah. it, on the original Nintendo one you could not store a brick, right? And so as soon as they added that, it was that was wow, that's a game changer, wow. <laughs> yeah, saving that line for when you actually need it. Yeah, yeah, it made it a whole lot easier. Um, but then like watching Rob play. 90, you know, play 99, and I've played it a bit myself, of course, but it's a different style of play because you can't build, when you're playing at that level, you can't build up for that Tetris. You just got to get rid of those lines, keep getting rid of those lines. And I've played so long where it's like, no, I'm waiting to get those Tetrises that, you know, I can get top 10 regularly, but then I just get smoked.
0: <laughs> right. I'm going to share a link in... Um the chat here for this guy, he actually set up an AI to play NES Tetris. And the AI can keep up with the speed level that it gets to in those higher levels. And so it just keeps on going, playing the game. And and it normally uh, doesn't uh, uh, have a problem until like almost a thousand levels and Mm. and in this video it's a 25 minute video and he sped it up just to fit how long it takes to do a thousand levels with this computer playing the game into 25 minutes and he starts talking about like when you get to a certain level i think it's like around 125 the color changes start breaking And, and he, you know, describes how you, you know, the, uh, characters start going through random things and, and, you know, the (laughs) colors are weird colors that you never see because you can't get that high. And it's, it's a really fun video to explain that. And, um, uh, my experience, I never really, if, if I played, I, and I, I'm sure I did at some point playing that Tetris on the Game Boy, uh, but my experience was far more with the nes version and and getting good at that i still can't beat you on the leaderboard you're you're quite a, a bit better than i am and you can get up to those levels that are just a bit too fast for me but uh it, it really is a fantastic game there's been many many different iterations on that i remember also playing after this um the n n64 version they came out with Tetrisphere and uh and playing that as well but uh yeah it's a it's a fantastic timeless game um did uh your love of tetris inspire anything after that
4: um i mean sure i i i've, I've always enjoyed geometry mm-hmm. and so yeah, you know, i'm really good at packing you know, that, that, that's a thing. Real life like Tetris. <laughs> so, you know, going camping, I can fit all kinds of shit in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I do, you know, so many crafty things. And it is always like, you know, slot A, tab B, how does this come together? And um, it, it's definitely been one of the most tactile stimulating experiences Mm. in that how fast i have to move there's no other game where i'm consistently have to keep fidgeting at that speed to try to get those higher levels right everything else there's some type of break in there but that one it's like no 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 yeah it's constant yeah even even uh like dr mario
0: which is somewhat the same kind of format you, you get breaks in between the levels or you at least get a couple of seconds to sit there and like, uh, you know,
4: shake your hands out a little bit or something. Yeah.
0: Right. So that's interesting. Um, All right. Uh, Let's go ahead then and take our last commercial break and then we'll come back and speak to Malegio about his uh, uh, most influential uh and or possibly favorite games uh in the <laughs> retro area so stay tuned we'll be right back i did think about the game the games just in case, yeah
5: so yeah <laughs> look at me
2: sort
0: of doing homework no 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 you don't do anything on this show i don't know what the fuck you're talking about <laughs> i said sort of doing homework
2: <laughs>
0: all right when welcome back hat.
2: Mm -hmm. yeah
0: yeah what the fuck you don't even have a hat today short and sweet pointed that out earlier and it's just like you you are the most ill-prepared person in the entire universe yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right uh malegio is also joined us this evening how you doing man
3: hey how goes it i'm malegio i'm hanging out with you this evening you're
0: not you're copped crime don't lie it's me, Captain is Hold on. Sorry, guys. You thought it was Melangio. It's me,
3: Captain is Yeah. Oh, he's still in the closet. No yeah. Way. I'm not letting him out of there.
0: The tape is falling yeah, off of his mouth. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: okay, so uh, let's start with uh, one of your favorite games here, the Mega Man 3 and uh this is a little bit longer here. let me see if this yeah there we go so uh, let's start with this um and you know mega Man one and two and then three being the follow- up to that uh, why don't you tell us about the series and you know what it kind of means to you?
3: So this is my favorite video game franchise of all time it's uh it starts out here with a very simple storyline of uh two uh scientists working together creating robots in the future to uh basically take over regular household and uh, uh environmental chores but they have a disagreement which isn't revealed actually until Mega Man 11 how that comes about but they create Uh, A robot that's designed to police all of the other robots, should it be needed, called uh, the Proto-Man. But Proto-Man's a little unhinged because he was influenced too much by Dr. Wily, one of the villainous, the villainous scientists. So they work together again to make Mega Man. But... um, Wily's not happy about this, so he reprograms the, the other robots in the game to try to kill Mega Man. Um, this is the Mega Man 3 is the first game where they actually go into that backstory a little bit. And as you can see on screen, there's Proto Man. Um, he just kind of came off as who is this weird character? You hear that he's Mega Man's brother, but he's actually the original Mega Man that is sometimes evil and sometimes good because he's just erratic. Um, he so is chaotic
5: I, neutral. Get it right.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so I loved that they kind of put that in. Um, what stood out to me about this game is a, is a couple things. They took all the, the lessons that they learned from Mega Man 2 and uh, fixed them. So Mega Man 2 was the most popular game in the franchise, but it did have
2: a glaring tone, right?
3: But for instance, Quick Man's Level. Uh, Ever the laser room, it's nigh impossible to beat without uh, using the time stopper, unless you're on original hardware. Because um, if you have even the slightest amount of lag, you're going to die. Uh, Man's stage has the yokai blocks, which are the little blocks that vanish and reappear at what seems like random intervals but there's a whole big section that goes over a lot of this that has not made too long.
2: If you don't have uh,
3: the jet adapter, you're going to die three million times trying to figure out that pattern. So they kind of figured out how to keep the difficulty of things like that in the game without making them punishingly unfair. Um, And... They introduced the slide in it to, uh, to add a little bit of uh, something different, a new play mechanic to the game. Um, but this game doesn't get nearly as much love as Mega Man 2 or Mega Man 4, where they introduced the Mega Buster. What draws me to the Mega Man games is that whether you believe it or not, they're actually an open world game. Um, you'd never think of a platformer with stages as being open world but the thing is right from the beginning they let you choose what direction you want to go which bosses you want to take on
0: right i remember that being uh you know a leading point that kind of differentiated it from other games of of the time uh, allowing you to choose which world you want to do first and then after that
3: what is interesting about mega man 2 through 11 um Minus Mega Man 3, we'll get back into this, Uh, but 2 and then 4 through 11, there is 40,320 different paths you can take to get to the end of the game. Wow. Um, What I like about Mega Man 3 is that they upped that amp that ante dramatically by adding in additional uh, four additional levels after you beat the first eight Uh, which you can also choose in any order, it's 967,680 different ways you can play the game. So there's essentially no way you're ever going to play Mega Man 3 the same way twice if you're trying to play it different each time. Um, So obviously the replay value of this game is one of the greatest of all time. Like you can just constantly always play it differently. Um, And that's part of... uh, Part of what I love about this game, it's also the hardest in the franchise made by Capcom. Uh, Mega Man 9 and 10 are made by Inti Creates, one of my favorite uh, development companies. (laughs) Uh, But they purposely made them ultra hard to try to re-catch the feel of this game. And Mega Man 2. Ultra hard, oh my god. But 9 and 10 are insanely hard. Uh, but they're they're fun too, but you can tell they were made by a different company who was trying to make hard Mega Man games. Right. So of the Capcom ones, this is the hardest. And that just fits my uh temperament perfectly. I'm like Yeah,
0: you're oh, the you're, gonna- you're you're the yeah, type you can- of guy that says, Oh, this game is hard. Uh maybe I can make it even more difficult by uh, <laughs> you know, playing with one hand tied behind my back or something.
3: <laughs> yeah, what i've been doing is the dice roll with it letting dice decide my path which does make it dramatically harder but right. it's a lot of fun
0: uh Pol- of fun. polar knights in our live chat said my dad did buy an atari and he's from uh norway uh they i don't i don't want to assume your gender my dad did buy an atari when he was in the states a long time Back, never used since the plugs don't work in Norway because you got those different, uh, you know, electrical outlets oh, and yeah. a game called Air Raid, all mint in the boxes. Wow, that's probably wow. worth a pretty penny today. I would say,
2: and
5: yep, so. <clears throat> yep. If you're willing to ship that to the United States, yes, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs>
0: Okay, uh, let's uh, go ahead and move on, because I'm trying to manage the time a little bit here, uh, to Malegio's oh, second game, I'm which sorry. is, uh, it's not your fault at all. You don't have to make it all about <laughs> you, Cage. <laughs> okay. What it,
3: what it is all about. Well, no, this is about Malegio time.
0: Yeah, exactly. So shut the fuck <laughs> up, Cage. Um, so let's go on to Malegio's second game here, Super Metroid for the SNES
3: super metroid we're going with a theme here for me of my favorite games are all the third game in the series super metroid is actually metroid 3 with the original metroid on nintendo metroid 2 on uh, game boy and then this on uh, super nintendo what i love about this game is they went full bore on metroid mania they they really learned from metroid one uh that they needed to fill out their world some more, with more stuff. You know, they got the creepy atmosphere and the isolation right in Metroid, but there's a lot of areas that just don't have much in it. Uh, Samus Returns, the second game, uh, gave you an even more claustrophobic feel because your sprite takes up so much of the screen, but there's a lot of stuff to find in that game. So with Super Metroid, they finally got that right balance of the right size sprite and having this giant, unique world with all different biomes. And the biggest thing, as much as I love this game as a Metroidvania, I'm not sure there's ever been a game with a better soundtrack. Super Metroid's music for the world is insanely good, despite Mm. what Cage may think. (laughs) He's he's over there (laughs)
0: sucking lemons.
3: With his ugly face is like, no, Pokemon's got the best soundtrack. Oh, hell no. <laughs> Super,
0: Metroid.
3: Super Metroid's soundtrack is uncomparable.
0: I, I, I will it, say this. captures you in its
3: world more than any game soundtrack I've ever seen.
0: I will say oh, this. As, as the relative non-gamer in the group and having watched all you folks play the Metroid games, and I've seen, you know, uh, I, I think I remember you, seeing you, Malegio, and definitely Steph and maybe a few others playing Super Metroid, but primarily uh, the other member of uh, our community who should have been here maybe, but probably wasn't because I didn't invite him because I'm stupid, uh, Coptimus Crime, who is the creator of the local... Coptimus Crime Metroid Masterclass Challenge, and he has actually taught a great number of people in our community how to beat the original Metroid, uh, including Malegio and Doom and a few others. So (laughs) with his masterclass that he offers... Uh, he actually teaches you how to beat it. And, and I, I looked at the game. I wasn't uh, necessarily, like, personally impressed with my style of gameplay that I like. I probably could do it, and I most definitely could approach the ability to beat it with his masterclass. But uh, the interesting thing that I <laughs> like about that it is that it does have a, a very unique uh, soundtrack to it you you can pick that music out anywhere with its its bleeps and bloops and and uh the (laughs) the weird kind of uh peaks and valleys that the music had it is extremely unique and and i think because of that also should be highly rated if for the uh, uniqueness if for nothing else
3: and with Super Metroid, with the music, when they actually get into, like, actual driving music and not just atmosphere music, they've got these insanely creative bass lines that just slap. Like, if you really listen to it, you're like, oh, wow. Like, they, they went and got, like, a real bassist to write this stuff, and then we put MIDI to it, you know. Because it's actually, like, it feels like something you could dance to at a nightclub, you know, uh, even though it's a weird alien world. So right. Uh, so yeah, the, the fact that it's got this massive world, this incredible soundtrack that sucks you in. And there's a lot of, I would say the best Metroidvania games that have come since have copied that from super Metroid stuff like, uh, like hollow Knight sucks you in with its amazing soundtrack on top of, the amazing gameplay, and uh, what is it? Uh, Axiom Verge one bizarre music, but it sucks you in, and I think that really helps with a Metroidvania because the games are built on exploring the unknown. So if you don't have good music with that, you don't want some repeating simple music that's going to annoy you after a while. You know, you can speed run games like Super Metroid. And you could do a great job, and a lot of people love it. But the games are really meant to play it however you want. Take your time if you want and enjoy this. So you need a soundtrack that holds you in. Um, But it also just happens to be the shining example of a Metroidvania game, along with uh, the Castlevania Symphony of the Night that I'm not a big fan of. I never have been. But I, I respect it. It goes a slightly different direction. It's based more on collectibles um, that you don't need. I like Metroidvania's where the collectibles are all necessary to open every gated area, essentially. So for me, it's just a different style. I don't want to have 50 different swords. I want one sword that is needed to unlock the secret room, you know. So it's just a different different style i think that game is metro super metroid is absolutely legendary like legend cage himself even though stupid mannerisms he's disagreed with everything i've
2: said (laughs) (laughs) yeah but we all disagreed
0: with everything yeah but we all know cage has trash opinions so it's fine um so um and I say that with the greatest of love for you, Cage, you know, so uh-huh. take it one minute. No, next. and like,
5: well, okay, so when it comes to the, like, soundtrack, you talk about the soundtrack, no one will argue that um, the soundtrack is one of the best. I would argue that it is the best, but no one will argue with you that it is one of the best.
3: That's fair. What do you like better? Because you did have an instant reaction to that. So maybe you have a soundtrack on your mind that's better that I'd just like to hear. Well,
5: I I don't know if it's necessarily one that's quote unquote better. I did have that initial like kind of knee jerk reaction. You're right. Uh admittedly on that. Um it's definitely in that greater hierarchy of uh soundtracks. I would maybe argue that um certain games like Final Fantasy may have better soundtracks in general, but it's easier I think to fit a soundtrack that fits the narrative of a world such as final fantasy comparatively to a game like super metroid. There's a reason why most platforming games just have kind of like, you know, happy frilly like music and they're not really, it's really just kind of like music to be there. So you're not playing like on a empty background. Whereas, yeah that's why the music is still here in the super metroid but it's atmospheric so you know like i said i i wouldn't i wouldn't argue the fact of it being a great soundtrack just maybe not the greatest soundtrack okay but, so
0: rapid fire uh greatest fair. soundtrack a uh, video game soundtrack of all time uh malegio you, are you sticking with uh,
3: of all time i'm actually going to go with mega man x
0: mega man Every
3: x track in that game is insane all of the music is insanely good. Yeah, I,
0: I actually I don't know if I would say that's the best because I, like I said, I I'm not really as much into gaming as you folks, but it is bopping most definitely. Mega Man X is bopping. Uh, Doom,
1: Uh Final Fantasy Four,
0: Final Fantasy, or Final
1: Fantasy Two,
2: Final Fantasy uh,
1: that era and stuff like that. If I'm going for a soundtrack, I love love that soundtrack so much.
0: Okay, Uh Tinkerer.
4: We've already heard it tonight. Tetris. Tetris. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and uh, Not to drive you batty. Yeah. And uh, cage. <laughs> bubble
5: bubble. No. Oh, um... <laughs> fuck you.
3: <laughs> no. Uh, honestly... It's a Pokemon game, isn't it? It's Pokemon. <laughs> <I do> it. <laughs> oh my god. No,
5: honestly, if I had to like do like a <clears throat> soundtrack, and I'm gonna ex- I'm gonna exclude Final Fantasy. Like or RPG games for the reason that I just mentioned, it, but if I had to include those in Chrono Trigger, but um, no, honestly, I'm actually I'm gonna agree with uh, Malagio. Mega Man X. There's a reason why that is one of my favorite games of all time, and it is because of the soundtrack. You just, I, I know it frustrates the hell out of Doom. But uh, the 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 game like that soundtrack just gets you pumped to go just blast everything.
3: It really does. Into
5: oblivion. Mm. Uh,
1: top ten though, I would have to say Batman for the NES as well. if We're not going to go with an RPG. Uh, Bat, Batman yeah. on the NES has a great soundtrack. Mm.
3: It really does. That's a good soundtrack. And, and you you
0: figure they were more bad. limited at that time too with NES. You know. Yeah, I'm so, I'm going to go with my limited experience with Super Mario One simply because that was so iconic, and it, it had to be one of the primary games for me. Uh, and Super Mario 3, you know, it was was close on its tails with that, because they, they just really came up with some really great themes for those couple of games. Uh, and more recently, this isn't a retro game, but I absolutely fell in love with the soundtrack to Celeste. Uh, thanks to oh, yeah. Steph Babies yeah. and her evil influence, I now regularly listen to <laughs> uh, Up the Mountain from Celeste.
3: I'll um, be honest so. with you. Anytime that I get depressed, I will put on the game Celeste and play it for a while just to listen to the music. Yeah, um, Because it it's like this weird uplifting music that feels airy and um, like... Just nostalgia filled despite it being a new game it really is fantastic
0: all right all right let's uh move on now to your third game castlevania 3 dracula's curse
3: castlevania 3 dracula's curse literally the only game that i have ever learned the speed run for but um, I realized I just don't enjoy speed running. Um for me, I I like to kind of uh wing it as I go when I'm playing games. Um and that works out for me when I'm you know, playing stuff like Cuphead where you kind of have to.
4: This game
3: demands perfection in the it's awesome uh, and I use a lot of the, the strats to this day. But what made me fall in love with this game is I loved Simon's Quest. I loved Castlevania 1. Um, but I love that this game, like, uh, like Mega Man 3, took the best of both of the previous two games and made one super hard version of the both. Um, it's not quite as Metroidvania-y as, uh, as Simon's Quest. But it does have branching pathways for you to go down, um, which also means you have uh, many different ways that you can beat this game in different levels. That in one playthrough, you cannot access these levels, but you can access other ones, and vice versa. You've got three extra playable characters, so you can beat the game with four different characters. Um, and you can just beat it alone with Trevor, or you can have one of three other uh, side characters that you can switch in between. Um, I love that it really feels like you're going through this gothic world, and each pathway you take, like you go down the staircase, they'll have like little cutscenes in between levels that let you choose: take the high road or take the staircase down to the low road. Right. Right. And you take the staircase down to the low road, and you really do end up in, like, a swamp and a dirty, dingy area that feels like you're going downward. Like, they truly took the map in mind, and they show you an outward map that looks like a matte painting type of thing. And then they'll have, like, little drawn lines on it showing you which route you're taking. But uh, each one of your side characters have different abilities, abilities. So you can use magic with one, you can fly with another, you can crawl on the ceiling with a third. Um, It really has a ton of replayability, which again, that's a huge thing for me. I love exploring video games. And when I find hard platformers that allow me to explore like a Metroidvania a little bit more and allow me to take different paths, uh, there's not very many that can compare to Castlevania 3 and Mega Man 3 for uh, a platformer that's not meant to be a Metroidvania feeling like one because you can take so many different paths. Um,
0: Boy, that that map showing you your path would have been very helpful in the second game.
3: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I mean, if you bought Simon's Quest, it did have a map with it, and it was... It was tough to understand it. It had a very Friday the 13th feel looking at the map because going right on the map might be going left in the game world. So it was a little tough to like get the perception right of it. Right. But Dracula's Curse was like, you know what? Let's let's knock this uh Metroidvania stuff aside for a while. Let's go back to the classic Castlevania let's just have straightforward levels and make them super hard. And we'll just let you choose which paths you want to take for the levels to give it that little bit of a nod. And I still think to this day, it's considered the hardest Castlevania game. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if, uh, if it was um, my first time ever beating this game, despite playing it for almost 40 years now was on stream two years ago. Yeah. Um, and I was ecstatic. i It's just a huge nostalgic treat for me. It's more colorful than the other Castlevania games. But every zone, every area that you're in has its own unique feel, but still feels like you're in a monster movie fantasy realm. Right. Uh, I just think it's a brilliant platformer. And for anyone who likes hard platformers, this is a must play. Well, it just is. that well,
0: good. If there's anybody that's into hard platformers, Meleseio is the guy to follow because he—that's all he pretty much does. Uh, his hard platformers, that's his niche. He—he likes—he likes a game to spank him several thousand times before he beats it. <laughs> yeah. What, what did
5: what did we what did we coin the term of the one day you were playing on a Monday night and you were playing I can't even remember what you were playing but we said uh, masochistic malegio Monday because like <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, you were, be you were playing Cuphead sure. like yeah. you were playing Cuphead that's why and you you were like raging because you could not beat this one
3: boss or yeah I was playing the final boss of the DLC of Cuphead and he was spanking me big time that salt shaker that jerk. <laughs> But I got him. I taught him a lesson or two. All I had to do was pour some pepper and some water at him. There, there you go. go.
0: There <laughs> you go. All right. Uh, let's look uh, uh, quickly at some games that uh, Cage has sent me some links to. I don't know what it is. It's better not be porn, Cage. Ha <laughs> ha. No. Uh... <laughs> Those
3: are the games he plays.
0: It is. It's. It's. Uh, it's Tifa. You know, being with the Italian Senate or whatever that was. Final Fantasy Tactics. Nobody likes this game. Oh, great game! <laughs> it is my goal in life to make you
5: all play Final Fantasy Tactics. <laughs> so, so quickly tell us about it. Okay, so Final Fantasy Tactics came out right around the same time as Final Fantasy VII on the PlayStation. So I think that's kind of why it gets like overshadowed. It's also a obviously a tactical RPG. So a lot of people like you're talking about a niche crowd within an already niche crowd because a lot of people don't like turn-based rpgs even less people like the idea of moving their characters around on a board to be able to attack the enemies so
3: like it's like chess it's it's like chess with uh final fantasy together it's yeah. a very interesting take
5: um so, yeah, this is, uh, obviously, if you've been around me for more than, I don't know, three seconds, it's my favorite game of all time. Um, I've tried to block I, it like, out. <laughs> as I say, I'm like the, the you know, the jokes about like, oh, you ever you ever meet a vegan? Oh, yeah, of course you did. They told you they were a vegan like three seconds after meeting them. This is the same thing for me. Like, I'm the, I'm the one who's going to tell you that I love Final Fantasy Tactics. Um, it's story is so intriguing it's like a very political intrigue story um the you know we were just talking about video game soundtracks right uh it has one of the best soundtracks in my opinion um again uh, i said that if we were talking rpg games i would say chrono trigger is the best soundtrack of all time this would probably be a very close second um yeah like without going into like an hour long discussion as to why i think it's like great and what it does for me is like this is just a fantastic game that i picked up one time as a child hated it first time through or first time i started playing it i hated it truly um because it's hard you have to actually you you have to actually unless you you called it a chess game you have to think about it like chess um And it makes it very difficult to get through. But if you like chess and you like fantasy, I can't recommend it enough. Mm.
0: All right. uh, Let's move on to your second game here. Castlevania Symphony of the Night Uh that Malegio hates. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, You're just doing this to spite Malegio now. (laughs) No, see,
5: okay, so me right. and Bellegio, despite the fact that we give each other all kinds of crap, I think we actually have a very, probably one of the closest to my personal taste, like, that I've met so far on Twitch, um, as far as, like, the types of games that we'll play, even though he likes the masochistic games, and we have some differing opinions on things, but um you know he talked about castlevania 3 being his favorite this one is kind of a continuation almost as it were because alucard dracula's son was one of the characters you could be in castlevania 3 this takes place a few hundred years later um but he's dracula's son so he is also you know able to live long long periods of time um So it's kind of a direct continuation of Castlevania 3 and a direct sequel to Castlevania Dracula X slash Rondo of Blood. Um, Because like the opening sequence is the final sequence from Richter Belmont going to defeat Dracula uh, in that game. Um, You know, and again, we're talking about Super Metroid. Between Super Metroid and Symphony of the Night is what created... Or is credited for creating the official genre of the Metroidvania game
2: mm-hmm.
5: um and yeah militia you're you're absolutely right uh like a lot of the gated items that you need, like there are only a few of them in Castlevania Symphony of the Night versus uh, uh Super Metroid, where you kind of pretty much need to get the item in order to get to like the next areas. Not everything you find is like that. there are a few, and I think that's why. The two of them combined to make one, but this is actually, um, my second favorite game of all time. Uh, it is the only game that I still own from my childhood, Mm. uh, at least that I know for a fact. I still own from my childhood. Everything else got I got rid of at some point. Um, I theoretically should still own my cast or Final Fantasy Tactics, but it's gone somewhere, so Uh, I have to replace that at some point. But yeah, this one I bought uh, Black Label right after it came out, and have owned it to this day.
0: Is is the cartridge also bald? Well, it's a disc,
5: huh. but no.
3: I mean, yeah, disc. I mean, I mean, I about?
5: guess kind of, but my it doesn't have <laughs> hair in general.
0: My disc is a coupe.
3: Does that count?
0: <laughs> I glued some hair to my disc. Yeah. Oh, that sounds bad. All right, let's move on to your uh, third game here, which is a commercial for That's something. that Don't buy anything. No, don't give to the uh, cancer children. No, bye. Well, hold
3: on a second here. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe, maybe give to
0: Rockman X.
5: Well, it's Mega Man X. I couldn't find oh, a good okay. Mega Man X actual trailer. Rockman <laughs> is Rockman is what is uh, uh, what they call Mega Man in Japan.
3: That's why the entire trailer is in Japanese.
0: Okay, trailer. gotcha. Yeah, All right, so... he's shooting lemons.
3: <laughs> yeah. He's shooting lemons in North America. Those are rocks in Japan. Yeah.
0: yeah.
5: <laughs> um, Rock Man. But I was I was trying to think about it uh real quick in the in the moment, like when I when I got here, because I, I was the third game that I was originally going to choose honestly was going to be super metroid but then i saw it on your playlist and malegio was about to talk about it and i'm like oh well i'm not gonna choose the exact same game yeah so i apologize i, I don't think anyone else chose any of my three games no but i apologize if no so. no
3: that's fine <laughs> I've made the argument many a times that I think Mega Man X is the greatest game ever made, but it takes too long to explain why and could be this entire podcast alone. (laughs) So I didn't choose it because I knew I'd ramble too much, but it's very high on the list for me.
5: Yeah, it's, it's just from control to soundtrack to concept, I mean, basically... Like, I feel like, uh, what is it, uh, K.J. Inafune was the creator of Mega Man, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like they just said, let's take Mega Man, but put him on the Super Nintendo and make him ultra badass.
3: That really and is <laughs>
5: That's really just what they did. <laughs> um, you know, you, you've got, like, they took the classicness of, like, how Mega Man has platforming, enemies, enemies, and they made it in certain ways more difficult because, like, you have to find, like, the extra... Like, you don't have a health bar, like a massive health bar to start. You have to find the extra health bar pieces. Um, you got new abilities like the dash that you can earn, the other armor pieces. You still got, you know, the chargeable weapon. Um, but now you can also charge all of your weapons. Uh, plus that in a couple random games. But now you can charge all of your weapons and they have a special attack.
0: Uh, Plus the uh, function in the game where you come up to the first boss and you have to lose to advance the game. You can fight him all day long, but it won't advance until you actually lose to him.
3: I can't tell you how many times I got into like 10 minute fights with him and kept avoiding his hits, trying to see if there is some way to defeat him and get like a special item out of it. But no, no, no. It was just a waste of time, but it was
5: Fun to try as a kid. It was one of those things you had to do as a kid. You know, you just had to try it. Like, okay, I've beaten this game a couple times now. I can beat Vile in the first round, first go around. And you know, you you've never, to my knowledge, like I had never been presented with the proverbial, you know, uh, Kobayashi Maru, the no one scenario, (laughs) like.
3: Yeah, no one ever tells you, game doesn't game. say <laughs> it anywhere that you have to lose to him. It's You just have to learn the hard way. It's like the game is trying to tell you, we're not your regular Mega Man game.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: with that, I think. But, and I uh, think it
5: sets, it sets it up for X being a better hero almost. Because, you know, Zero comes in, he's like all badass, and like... Hey, buddy! Sorry you died, or we're gonna die, but I saved you. Maybe one day you can be badass too. And then you got to go through the levels and collect all the power ups, and and then you are badass.
0: So, and uh, it should be mentioned here. I'm gonna shout him out in our. Uh... Hold on one second. There we go. Uh, we're, uh, I just need to mention in the, uh, hold on. Now I've got uh fucking YouTube trying to do commercials and all sorts of, uh, there we go. I like that you
3: <laughs> shouted out the gaming Avengers wrong. Cause you missed them. And then it shouted you out. <laughs> Take that bad. Yeah. He can't shout me uh-uh, back ben. out. So I did we'll that. Yeah. That EBC's
0: <laughs> <Twitch>. <laughs> but, but I, I do have to uh say there that, um, You know, Ben from The Gaming Avengers is a world record holder on Mega Man X, and you can see his posting on uh, speedrun.com. And he he has taken up more recently, within the last six months, speedrunning on Mega Man X, which is his favorite game, and uh, it's definitely worth a gander. So you can probably catch him playing it occasionally on his his channel, which is uh, The Gaming Avengers, with a Z at the end, all one word. And that's also at twitch.tv. TV. So, um, I just want to hit one more game now, and this uh, is one of my favorite, Super Mario Three. And Scotty uh, plays games. I know, right? <laughs> hey, Who'd have thunk it? Uh, um, I do play games, but it's it's more like, uh, oh, uh, I you know, I Stop. 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 I I want to do something other than something. Masturbating, or, masturbating or you know. Uh, just figuring out what the hell is going on in my life so well, we're going to uh, maybe play a game today and uh, you know this is this is one that I actually haven't played a lot recently but um, I definitely played it a lot as a kid along with Super Mario 1 and uh, love to <laughs> love to revisit this occasionally because I I just always... It, it was a comfort game for me as a kid, especially the further I got into it. You know, there was Super Mario one and then there was Super Mario three and, and Super Mario three became probably like the game of my childhood. The one that There's I was a
3: massive spectacle back then. Yeah. Too. Mm-hmm. It was the most hyped game of all time. And it delivered. It wasn't oh, totally. like, uh, what's that game that came out recently that was super hyped with uh, with what's his name, uh, Neo, uh, Keanu. Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk. Yeah. And yeah. It failed spectacularly. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is the opposite of that. This game actually blew everyone away and was a giant spectacle. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big part of any gamer's and, childhood. To being honest, and and, so, and that time, anyways.
0: And as as. You know, as iconic as Super Mario One was, Super Mario Three to me—maybe I'm I'm wrong about this perception—but Super Mario Three was so many levels above Super Mario One in gameplay experience that I almost had uh, problems believing that it was still on the same console. That yeah, that you great. could play Super Mario mm-hmm. One and what that required from you on the nes and then all you know plug in the same shape cartridge for super mario (laughs) 3 and get a totally different gameplay experience from that same nes
3: it felt like the difference between nes and nintendo 64 back then because it 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 was so much better graphically and just the the physics engine of the game Mm -hmm. it really trumped the first game by a lot. So I I agree. It felt like it belonged on a different system.
2: Yeah.
0: So um uh, that that is very near and dear to my heart as far as gameplay experiences go uh somewhat the soundtrack and all that but uh mm-hmm. that that was just a big part of my childhood and I I like to revisit that just like I like to revisit Donkey Kong Jr and Qbert and Tetris mm-hmm. and uh God I can't even remember what else that I had for the NES but uh, Super Mario 1 uh, never did Super Mario 2, but after watching uh, Cage save scum that, I uh, I now <laughs> still want to. It. <laughs> you still didn't beat it? No, I
5: I failed uh in finishing it. Well, okay. Um, so I'll have to kick I, your I, I'm going to re- I'm going to revisit it. Yeah. Uh you know, you, you talk about Super Mario 3 being like the biggest thing of all time at that time. To my knowledge and I'm trying to find out right now, um I don't think any other game has ever been like they make big deals about announcements right world premieres and all that kind of stuff to my knowledge no game has ever been world premiered to like the world in a movie and super mario brothers 3 to my understanding if i remember correctly was introduced to the world in the movie the wizard
1: Awesome, awesome movie. Really, yeah, really I never saw yeah. that. Yeah, Which, yeah you know, so Funny because it was, because cool? it, was
5: <laughs> it was funny because it was, it was about the Nintendo World Championships, and it was about uh, Fred Savage's character trying to get to the Nintendo World Championships. Okay, I'll have you to know, see and that. And they introduced it there, um, and like I said, I think that's when they officially introduced it. I'm trying to find officially. Uh, when it was announced.
3: It's and, definitely uh, tied to that movie, but I can't remember what came first, the announcement or the movie, or just people spoiling seeing it from the movie. Yeah. Um, I knew I desperately wanted to go see the movie as a kid, but my parents like, you want the game or you want to go to the movie? I'm like, well, that's a dumb <laughs> question.
2: Of course I want the game. <laughs>
3: Like good. I didn't want to take you that dumb movie, anyways. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So in your cage, Malegio. Yeah, my parents <laughs> called me Malegio when I was a kid. A cage. Anyway, sorry, sorry. That's
0: that's. A, wait, that's not your name on your birth certificate, mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> Malegio J. Jones. Yes, and I it know sure Malegio's mentioned it a couple of times. How many of the games that we've seen on here are the third one in the iteration? Mm-hmm. in the series of the games and uh like the, the the this one stands out as you know to me as one of the the different ones i was thinking because with this one being on the same console uh, you know they pushed you know on the original NES cartridge you had one meg of space of memory and this was like the game that pushed that to the limit the absolute limit on the NES. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these games that we're talking about, by the time you get to that third one, it's the one that appears on Super NES. It it is that one that comes out on the next console where, you know, on Super NES, they had 16 meg to work with. So they got 16 times the space and they can just like all those things that they had to throttle back. You know, they put the first one out, they find out, oh, these are the things. This is why people like it. let's put out number two and we've seen Mm -hmm. on the number twos where it's like oh ouch like no that's not what we liked about the game and so by the time on that number three it's like they're bringing back the stuff they know that we like they've got that that more memory to work with and they can just you know blew it out of the water in many cases
2: yeah
5: so I found some information here um So the film, The Wizard, was released in 1989, which was between the home console releases of the game in Japan and North America. So since this was long before the internet age, The Wizard, while it may not have been where they announced it, this would have been the first time they showed the game to American audiences.
3: All right. So for us, it
0: was.
5: Yeah. So for us, effectively, it was the premiere. It was the gameplay premiere It was the first time you ever got to see it in action.
0: Mm, interesting because even if they
5: had shown scenes like in nintendo power or something they were just pictures in a video game
0: magazine
1: we were actually seeing like actual gameplay of it and stuff like that until then
0: yeah interesting all right well we're gonna go ahead and wrap up then uh if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast i want to uh invite you to check out the website which is www.ebc2021.com there i have uh my full schedule plus the uh, uh several other schedule events for others in our community such as the fine folks that joined me here this evening and um Uh, The live version of the podcast is on Twitch at twitch.tv slash EVC 2021. We do it uh, currently about once a month. So currently our next scheduled episode is going to be on... uh, I just had it. And of course I lost it. Mm. Uh, Looks like it's currently scheduled for Sunday, February 19th. Uh, but what I always advise people to do, because I kind of use my schedule as like a placeholder for things that are coming up on my streaming schedule that often, often change, like day-to-day change. So usually by about two weeks out, uh, I have it set for what it's going to be. But you want to check the schedule on the website there, and that will give you the proper date and time for our next episode. If you want to check out the live version of the podcast, uh, otherwise please go check out, uh, all of the fine folks that, uh, have joined me here. That is, uh, Malegio uh, at twitch.tv slash Malegio M I L L E G E O. Uh, the Mad tinkerer. He's at twitch.tv slash M A D underscore T I N K E R E R underscore 13 and uh the lovely angle doom i already did his before but one more time twitch.tv slash i-n-g-l-e underscore (laughs) d-u-e-m and the uh, beautiful co-host who is uh, extremely late and fashionably late, and not late at all because he uh, <laughs> he, he, he cage exists out of the space time continuum. So he just kind of pops in whenever the hell he feels like it and graces us with his presence and brings waffles too. Uh, he is at twitch.tv slash legioncage l e g uh, i o n k a j e. Those, if you're if you're listening to that, I should have all of those linked in the description of the podcast so you can go in there and and actually click on the links and you don't have to remember how they're spelled like i never remember you know and i just make up for this shit as i go along Uh, so that's about it all right thank you uh all gentlemen for joining me this evening uh take care and uh we'll see you next time on arcade nostalgia memories podcast good night